Friends, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. You did that better than the other two services, so good for you. <laughs> My name is Uyan. I'm one of the pastors here. We're so grateful that we can gather to worship and praise our God uh, together. As some of you may already know, our senior pastor, Dr. James Howe, will be beginning his sabbatical, which is long overdue. This was something that was planned before COVID, and then COVID happened, so it's overdue, and he'll start that tomorrow. He did have an unexpected surgery a week and a half ago. That was not in any way planned, nor is it correlated to his sabbatical. Uh, he is recovering. It's taking a lot longer than any of us expected. Uh, visited him at the hospital yesterday, had one of his best days. He's so grateful for your love and your prayers and your support. He says hello to let you know how much he misses you and loves you and is grateful for your prayers. I'm so grateful to be joined by my colleague and friend, Pastor Nathan. What else is happening today? A lot's happening, and we are so thankful that you're willing to participate in that. Whether this is your 100th time being with us or if you're visiting with us new, we welcome you and are ex just so excited that you are with us this day. Those here and those who are joining us online, what a joy it is we can continue to reach into our community and our world in such a broad and wonderful, impactful way. One of those ways that we are making a deep impact within Charlotte is through the new building that's going up and ways that it's going to continue to provide hope for our community is just fantastic. And a way to celebrate that is through a ceremony called the Topping Out Ceremony. That's gonna be May 7th, next week, 4 to 5 p.m. in the Parish Life parking lot. So be sure to be here. You'll be able to sign these wonderful beams that go on top of the building. If you didn't get a chance to sign them today, you can sign them on Wednesday, May 3rd from 5 to 7 p.m. They'll be in the basement. Come sign, put your favorite Bible verse, your name, a simple prayer on there, that that will be on top of the building as it looks over, if you will, the city of Charlotte, where this church continues to make significant impact through our connection and community. So you don't want to miss that opportunity. Let us now continue in worship.
let us continue to joyfully worship as we affirm our faith with the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven, and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence you shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Now it is our privilege for celebration of holy baptism to invite Haley and Miles Garrison who bring their son Holt Michael Garrison and for Adam Smith and Aaron Smith who bring their children George Lewis and Eleanor Elizabeth Smith. Brothers and sisters in Christ, through the sacrament of baptism, we are initiated into Christ's holy church. We are incorporated into God's mighty acts of salvation and given new birth through water and the spirit. All this is God's gift offered to us without price. So on behalf of the whole church, I ask you, do you accept the freedom and power God gives you to renounce evil and repent of your sin? If so, say we do. Do you confess Christ as your Savior, put your trust in his grace, and promise to serve him as your Lord? If so, say, we do. And will you nurture these children in Christ's holy church that by your teaching and example, they may be guided to accept God's grace for themselves, profess their faith openly, and lead a Christian life? If so, say, we will. And will you, the members of Myers Park United Methodist Church, include these families now before you in your care? Will you proclaim the good news and live according to the examples of Christ? Will you surround these families with your community of love and forgiveness that they may grow in their service to others? And will you pray for them that that may be true disciples who walk in the way that leads to life? If so, may all of God's people say, we will. We, we will. will. Let us pray. Eternal God, when nothing else existed but chaos, you swept across the darkness of water and brought forth light. In the days of Noah, you saved those on the ark through water, and after the flood, you set in the clouds a rainbow. When you saw your people as slaves in Egypt, you led them to freedom through the sea. Their children you brought from the Jordan to the land which you promised. In the fullness of time, you sent Jesus, nurtured in the water of a womb. He was baptized by John and anointed by your spirit. 
He called his disciples to share in the baptism of his death and resurrection and to make disciples of all nations. Pour out your Holy Spirit to bless this gift of water and those who receive it, to wash away sin, clothe them in righteousness throughout their lives, that dying and raised in Christ, they may share in the final victory. All praise to you, O God, through your Son, Jesus Christ, who with you and the Holy Spirit lives and reigns forever. Amen. Holt Michael Garrison, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. George Lewis Smith, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Eleanor Elizabeth, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The light of Christ represented in each of you through the gift of the Spirit will continue to grow and nourish you all through your lives and as your family grows and nourishes this world through the gift of Christ. May your light shine brightly. Church family, let us unite our hearts and our voices as we offer our confession before God and one another. Let us pray. Gracious God, forgive us for the doubt that clouds our vision, the pain that makes us hide from you, from ourselves, and from those who we love most. Free us from our confusion, heal us from our wounds, resurrect us from our shame, Raise us into the hope and joy that we realize when we are close to you. Amen. Hear the good news that Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love towards us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen.
In your bulletin, you'll find Psalm 23 printed, that we might continue to join our hearts together and raise our voices together unto God as we say this psalm together. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me. In the presence of mine enemies, thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Our New Testament reading is 1 Peter, chapter 2, beginning with the 19th verse. For one is approved if, mindful of God, he endures pain while suffering unjustly. For what credit is it if when you do wrong and are beaten for it, you take it patiently? But if, when you do right and suffer for it, you take it patiently, you have God's approval. For to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. He committed no sin, no guile was found on his lips. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but he trusted to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree so that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. For you were straying like sheep, but have now returned to the shepherd and guardian of your souls. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thank you, Scott. So we read today these words, Christ suffered for you, 
leaving you an example so that you should follow in his steps. First Peter is being written to a group of Christians who are worshiping in house churches scattered throughout the five Roman provinces, and they find themselves in the midst of a whole lot of social tension. First Peter is encouraging these early Christians, especially in times of adversity and slander, uh, act honorably to respond in such a way that honors your God. For you have the examples in Christ of how you ought to behave in all circumstances. And First Peter speaks to the joy and the total freedom that is found when we live our lives utterly dependent upon God. Upon God. Okay, so last Sunday at 11 o'clock, about uh, a few minutes into the sermon, we had a protester that came into the sanctuary. She had a sign and, and a couple of other things, and it was hard to discern exactly what the protest was about because this said person yelled and screamed, utter words of profanity in front of a group of people who gathered in peaceful worship, in front of our children who gathered to worship their God in front of their family and friends. All these things happened. This particular person has uh, been in touch with our senior pastor, Dr. Howe. We have engaged in a variety of communication to explain all that which we do as a life of the church, all that which we seek to do to no avail. So here's the thing. Uh, this particular person is a deeply wounded individual, desperate for attention. And perhaps one day there can be a sense of real connection. But for now, uh, please do not engage. Uh, do not respond in any shape or form. Okay. As it were, uh, the moment she entered, it was very evident to those of us who were observing, including myself, that this person was physically nonviolent. So then it became, how do we de-escalate? If there's ever a moment in a situation where there's any threat of violence, particularly involving a weapon, we have a panic switch that we can press at any given time that will call EMT, fire department, and police department, anybody else in government payroll. They'll be right here. We have three police officers on site, have had, and we still do to this day. We have a police officer in the narthex who's observing all that which is happening here in the sanctuary. We have communicated with each other so that if there should be anything like that again, that the police will just be present here in the sanctuary in a matter of seconds to make sure that everyone's safe and to help de-escalate any situation that might arise. Uh, those are the good things. Grateful for that. Here's the challenge. There is no such thing as total security. There is no such thing as absolute safety. And there are ways in which we can go about protecting the church in such a way that there's no more church to protect. Are you hearing me? These are the fine line that we walk as people, not only in this space, in the church, but in all of our social arenas, including our home. Some of you have said, um, Uyan, I 
we thought the first couple of minutes that this particular protester was hired by you to uh, make an illustration of your sermon. <laughs> it wasn't me. <laughs> I've never made a promise from the pulpit in the 16, 17 years that I've been a preacher. I'm gonna make one right now. I promise that I will never hire an angry protester to illustrate a sermon. Okay? It's a safe promise to make. Some of you have said, Uyan, you looked not rattled at all. I gotta tell you, I was rattled. My son and my wife sat at the very front row, just a few feet away from this person that was screaming words of anger and hate. I was rattled. The last few years, words like trigger and trauma entered my lexicon. Uh, it's, uh, we hear these words said at different times all throughout our communal life together. And I think it's good to listen to these things. We certainly want to be a church and a people who do our very best to not cause harm intentionally and even unintentionally, that we do our very best to provide space for folks to gather, to worship, to pray. But from a certain perspective, one could say that living life is just a one giant ball of trigger, wouldn't you say? Yeah. Now that I know what trigger is and what traumas are, I gotta tell you, I got a whole lot of triggers and traumas in my life too. It's a wonder that I just don't freak out all the time. I said in other services that Taco Bell is one of my triggers. <laughs> it's kind of funny, but I'm not gonna talk more about it because it's a trigger for me, right? <laughs> I think at some point in our communal life together, we mistakenly thought that if we made enough rules, if we drew enough boundaries, if we punished enough people, if we canceled enough individuals, then we, could, we can create a community without triggers. It just doesn't work. In fact, it's tearing us apart. And I gotta tell you, uh, the traumas and the triggers that I've accrued over the 40 plus years of my life, I still have all of them to this day. It's, it's, it dwells within me. So what keeps me from freaking out every moment of the day? Well, there are things in my life, values of my life, that have outpaced and outgrown the sum of all the triggers. So though I see triggers around me, I'm able to recognize and see the beauty of God all the more. There's sins that I've committed, sins that have wounded others, and sins that have wounded me, but even more than the sins that I know to be there, I believe in the forgiveness of God that has outpaced, outgrown my ability to experience these sins. I have much anger there are people that I'm still angry with to this day. But more than the angers that I've felt in my life, I see the image of God all the more in the people of God, and I'm able to love them more than I can harbor anger toward them. There is sickness and death all around us, truly. But even more than sickness and death, I believe in the resurrection. 
and life eternal. I don't know about you, but I have a whole lot of disappointments in my life, whole lot of failures. Perhaps you do as well. Uh, but the hope that I have in Jesus Christ far outweighs any disappointments that I've ever experienced. And life can be stressful. Uh, some of you might have been a bit stressed this morning. But despite the stress, I am grateful for every breath that we're given by the gift of God. So we keep breathing. We breathe and receive God's gift for this life. The world will say, believe in yourself. And perhaps that's not wholly bad either. But whatever belief that I may have on, in myself, I believe in God. And far more than what I believe in me, I believe in us. I believe in us. This is God's house, but it is also our home. I've never lived in a particular place longer than five years in all of my life. For me, God's house, the church, is more of a home than any home that I've ever lived in. This is more of a home than the place that I lay down to sleep at night. This is my home. Last Sunday, a particular person came into our home to yell and to scream, to demean, to utter words of anger and hate. To our friends, to our family, how would you respond and react if someone should barge into your homes to scream words of anger towards you, your parents, your children, your friends, your loved ones? How would you respond? I can tell you how we responded together collectively last Sunday. You were calm. I don't know what was going on inside you, but you maintained peace. We trusted each other. We trusted God. And we prayed to our Savior, whom we've been worshiping in this space since 1929. I am grateful for our God and I am proud of you. Are you hearing me? I'm proud of us. How we, together, responded with grace and compassion. Of course, none of us are perfect. But the ways in which we responded, these things don't happen in a vacuum. It doesn't happen because we randomly worshiped on a Sunday or came together for a month or a year. It's an end result of us gathering to worship for decades. It is what Eugene Peterson calls long obedience in the same direction. That we've gathered in this place to experience the love of God, the forgiveness and the grace of God and the mercies of God together as a family of God. And when the moment came, you responded in kind, with gentleness, with goodness. I'm proud of us. Some of the parents have reached out, rightfully so, of what their children have been experiencing. My son was one of the ones immediately after the church wept because of the trauma that he endured. And there are other friends of his that were right here from the junior choir 
who've had nightmares this past week from what they had seen. So we support each other, pray for one another, seek forgiveness and compassion. But as we have read today, uh, do not be weary, do not fear, for it is the good shepherd who guards our souls. It is the loving God who is a curator of all of our beings, who heals us, who sustains us, who redeems us. Uh, we read from the 23rd Psalm these words, the Lord is my shepherd. He leadeth me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Who knows what the rest of this day holds for us? What will be tomorrow, the day after that, and the day after that, next Sunday and onward forth. But no matter what we may encounter together as the good book teaches us and commands us, let us be steadfast and let us together as a family of God, no matter what happens, Live for righteousness. Thanks be to God. Amen. Let us go to God in prayer. God of immense grace, tenderness, and mercy, our hearts rejoice that you love us, all of us. Our broken selves, our whole selves, our wounded parts and our complete parts, our silent parts and our loud parts, our weary parts and our energized parts, we rejoice that every part of ourselves and our neighbors are included into your love and your flock. Not only included, that you desire us and that you call us by name, one by one, to participate in your glorious life transformative work. Lord, in your mercy. Comforting God, like the good shepherd you are, when we ache, hurt, languish, are confused, are disturbed, you come quickly and swiftly. Forgive us, though, when we are not attentive to your presence within us, around us, in front of us, beside us, behind us. Let us be more and more attentive to your presence, that we might know that you are within our hearts, within our loved ones and our friends through your presence. When they hurt, you are there. When they anguish, you are there. When they have discomfort mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually, you are there. Lord, in your mercy. Healing and present, God, we lift to you now our friend, our brother, James Howe, as he continues to strengthen from his surgery. We pray for wisdom and discernment for his medical team, for them to get the care that he needs, and we pray for strength for Lisa as she continues on with care with and for James. Lord, we also lift to you the family of Peggy Clemens. As she entered the kingdom triumphant, may her family grieve and celebrate her life with you being with them. Lord, in your mercy. God of fulfillment, let us once again acknowledge that you are with us. 
that you fill our hearts and that you are about your work, even those times when we don't recognize it. Clear our eyes, our hearts, and our ears to more actively participate in your kingdom building so that those whom we encounter will know of your great love through us. Lord, in your mercy. And gracious God, for all this and more, we pray through the name of Jesus Christ, who taught us to pray as a family, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Church family, as we continue this time of worship, as the ushers come forward, may we reflect on the incredible work that this church does. And it's through your faithful resourcing of your presence, of your witness into this community, that we can watch lives change.
Gracious God, what a joy it is to give unto you, to your work. May we be faithful as a church, going into this community, making life-lasting impact. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Friends, may the peace of God that surpasses all understanding be with you all as you go forth from this place. May the love of God the Father, the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore.